Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, January 8th. I'm Noreen Castres. These are today's headlines. A wave of resignations sweeping the White House and a growing push to remove President Trump after a group of angry Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in a fatal insurrection. A police officer now dead from those attacks, bringing the death toll to at least five as investigators and prosecutors begin targeting suspects now facing federal crimes. Staggering numbers, more than 4,000 Americans losing their lives in just 24 hours. This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. And we begin with this, the latest on the fallout from the deadly riot at Capitol Building. The president finally admitted that a new administration will take over on January 20th. All this is happening as calls to remove the president from office keep growing and growing, and more and more administration officials resign. Andrea Linares has the latest. Almost 30 hours after the assault on the Capitol began, President Trump for the first time condemning the violent mob. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. As the president's support vanishes in Washington, Trump is calling for the nation to heal. And after more than two months, he now admits this. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. Today, Trump took to Twitter with a slight change in tone from yesterday's recording, saying, The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Now, there are growing calls to remove the president from office. Democratic leaders are urging Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment and immediately remove Trump from office. If the reports are correct and Mike Pence is not going to uphold his oath of office and remove the president and help protect our democracy, then we will move forward with impeachment to do just that. I believe the president is dangerous and should not hold office one day longer. This is urgent. This is emergency of the highest magnitude. And at least one Republican is joining the effort, Congressman Adam Kinzinger. All indications are that the president has become unmoored, not just from his duty, nor even his oath, but from reality itself. It's time to invoke the 25th Amendment and to end this nightmare. Even the president's former chief of staff, John Kelly, says if he were still a cabinet member, he would support the president's removal. And former White House communications director Alyssa Farah saying that President Trump lied to the American people about the 2020 presidential election results and said that he should resign. I think that it's something he should seriously consider. I don't think that when you've got just a number of days left, there's any need to carry on kind of the charade of an impeachment. The People's House needs to get back to work. We need to get aid to tens of millions of Americans. Um, but 
I listen, I think uh, Vice President Pence has stepped in um, as the real leader. For his part, word is that President-elect Joe Biden doesn't have much interest in opening an impeachment proceeding, as he prefers to keep his focus on taking office in less than two weeks. Meanwhile, several administration members now trying to distance themselves by resigning. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos announcing she's out. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao, the wife of Mitch McConnell, is also resigning in protest, along with eight other members of the Trump team. As for the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, CNN is reporting that he's considering calling it quits. A majority of the cabinet would have to agree that the president is unfit for office to remove him. Despite conversations taking place right now, many say that this scenario is unlikely to happen. Meanwhile, the president also confirmed in a tweet today that he does not plan to attend Joe Biden's inauguration. In Miami, Florida, Andrea Linares, U News. Thank you, Andrea, for that report. And now we know that Vice President Mike Pence and three family members were in the U.S. Capitol building during the riots on Wednesday. They were there for the counting of the electoral votes. A source close to the vice president says Trump and top White House officials did little to check in on Pence and make sure he and his family were okay. The source says several of the Trump supporters in the Capitol were heard screaming, where is Mike Pence? The source said he was scared for his family. The day before, Pence came under intense pressure from Trump to toss out the election results during the congressional meeting. But Pence broke with the president's wishes. And joining me now is Charles Selden. He's a political science professor at Nova Southeastern University. Thank you so much for your time, Professor. Glad to be here. Now, the former Secretary of State Colin Powell is urging President Trump to resign in the wake of the Capitol Hill riots. He says that impeaching or revoking the 25th Amendment is too time consuming. Can you walk us through the mechanics of impeaching President Trump or any president? Uh, the impeachment process starts with uh, investigation by the, the Committee on Justice in the House they write articles of impeachment, which are charges, that goes to the House as a whole. They vote on those charges. Those that pass become the indictment that then gets sent to the Senate, which tries those charges, decides if the individual, in this case the president, is guilty of the charges uh, brought against him. Uh, it takes a two-thirds majority in the Senate to convict. And so it can go, it can go quick or it can go slow. It depends how long uh, the people involved want to investigate, how long it takes to get the votes, uh, and and how long a trial would go in the Senate. But it could also go relatively quickly if the will is there. Uh, the Senate could decide to vote just on the information provided by uh, the indictment, the the uh, the the impeachment charges. And, and make a decision. So it theoretically could be done in the period prior to the president leaving. Realistically, though, an impeachment process would probably extend past uh, the 20th. Um, but the purpose then is not to remove the president, but to bar the president from any future federal office. To basically say he broke the rules and he can't be uh, work for the government anymore. 
so he cannot run for re-election in 2024. Now let's talk about invoking the 25th Amendment. How does that process work? Well, the, the 25th Amendment was added because the original Constitution didn't say much about what do you do with a president who, for whatever reason, isn't fit to be president at the moment. Um, part of it deals with questions of health, but the, the, the part that's in play here is that if the vice president and a majority of the cabinet believe that the president is, is not in a position to do the job of president, that they can remove him as an active president. That doesn't mean he's not president, but it means he's not in charge. The vice president takes over as an acting president. The president then has the option of objecting. It then goes to the Congress, where it takes a two-thirds vote of both houses of Congress to back the vice president. Otherwise, the president goes back into power. but there are deadlines. Uh, the Congress would have a couple, three weeks in which to decide. So should the cabinet and the vice president invoke the 25th Amendment, it's quite possible that by the time they work out whether to, to back them or not in Congress, uh, President Trump is already out of office as a result of election. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of a break glass when an emergency sort of situation. And the question is, do the vice president and the cabinet believe this is that sort of emergency? Well, this is unlikely to happen, but if President Trump were to resign before inauguration, who would assume the presidency? How would that work if it happens? Should he resign, uh, the, the Constitution provides that the vice president becomes the president. He would actually take the oath of office and be president. And... At, at that point, uh, he would remain president until the term of office uh, of, of the outgoing president ends. So it might only be a couple, three days if, 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 if uh, President uh, Trump decides to resign. During that period, be it uh, two weeks or two days or two hours, uh, the vice president, once he's taken the oath of office, has the full powers of the presidency, including the power of pardoning. Now, thank you so much for your time. Nova Southeastern University Professor Charles Selden. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Now, New Jersey has sent 500 members of its National Guard to Washington. Governor Phil Murphy says the request came on behalf of the U.S. National Guard Bureau. He says their directive is to protect our democracy and facilitate the peaceful transition of power. The deployment is underway and the soldiers are expected to be in place by Sunday. This group is in addition to the 1,000 members the state of New York is already sending. Meanwhile, at least 23 people arrested in the riot at the Capitol Wednesday have been released from jail after facing charges in a D.C. Superior Court. Those charges range from violating a curfew set by the mayor to more serious charges like carrying a gun without a license and assault on a police officer. All the defendants pleaded not guilty. Many of them are from other states are as far away as Oregon. The judge ordered them not to return to Washington until their next court appearance on June 10th. Prosecutors say to expect more charges as the intense investigation continues. 
And the fallout from the attack on Capitol Hill continues with resignations at the highest level in law enforcement. And now a federal investigation has been opened into the death of a Capitol Hill police officer who died after the clashes. Edwin PT has the latest from Washington, D.C. Edwin. That's right, Carolina. Listen, 24 hours after a Trump mob held the democracy, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, asked for the resignation of the Capitol Police Chief. And just hours after Pelosi's request, Stevenson announced that he will resign as the Capitol Police Chief effective January 16. We keep learning more and more about Wednesday's events, and we can report that, unfortunately, Officer Brian Sicknick, a 12-year veteran, died from injuries he suffered in the attack on the Capitol. In a statement, the Capitol Police said that Sicknick was injured while physically engaging with protesters and collapsed after returning to his division headquarters. And while Pelosi ordered flags to be flown half-staff following his death, a federal investigation will be open. Currently, the investigation is being done by D.C. Metropolitan Police and U.S. Capitol Police and their federal partners, but the lead will be taken by federal prosecutors from the Attorney General's office. Meanwhile, the FBI is in full force investigating many of the incidents that took place during the riots. They recovered five firearms, two pipe bombs, and 11 Molotov cocktails. So far, the FBI is offering a $50,000 reward for help in identifying people involved in leaving pipe bombs in D.C. They released a photo via social media of a person wearing a great hooded jacket, black pants, black gloves, and carrying a large black item in his or her right hand. According to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, on Wednesday, multiple law enforcement agencies received reports of a two explosive at 1 p.m., about an hour before Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. The Washington, D.C. Police Department says they have received more than 15,000 tips from the public after releasing images of persons of interest related to the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. As of this moment, Carolina, 15 criminal charges have been filed and there are more to come. The FBI, I can tell you, has more than 4,000 online archives with images that are being analyzed with a facial recognition software. Congress has more than 100 security cameras inside and all of that footage is being processed right now. So we can expect the authorities to charge more rioters as early as next week. Live in Washington, D.C., Carolina, back to you. Have a good weekend. You too, Erwin. Thank you so much for that information live from D.C. Now, Senator Chuck Schumer says he will fire the current Senate sergeant at arms as soon as he becomes the new majority leader. Michael Stanger was appointed by Republican Mitch McConnell, but as Democrats gain control, they can make their own selection. Stanger is amongst a number of law enforcement officials being criticized for Wednesday's Capitol riots. And we are looking at a video that shows Capitol Police falling back as domestic terrorists attack the U.S. Capitol building Wednesday. The video appears to show police moving the barricades to allow protesters in well after the building was stormed. Some on social media have claimed the video is evidence that police let protesters get near the Capitol Hill building or doors which allowed the riot to happen. However, the person who shot the video told CNN he filmed the incident just after 2 p.m. while rioters began storming Capitol Hill about an hour earlier. More of you news after this short break.
Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The effects of COVID-19 will be felt for decades to come. Both parties are very far apart. Approximately 250,000 people have lost their lives. You news covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. You news on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. And the U.S. breaking a record Thursday. Deaths due to COVID-19 surpassing 4,000. The country recording the five deadliest day of the pandemic in just the last two weeks. More than 274,000 cases reported on Thursday and infections trending up in at least 40 states. January shaping up to be worse than December while officials push states to speed up vaccination processes. Lorraine Caceres has the details. The U.S. reaching a shocking death toll on Thursday. More than 4,000 people dying of COVID-19 in a single day, according to Johns Hopkins University's tally. Situation where we now are averaging between 200 and 300,000 new infections per day and between two and 3,000 deaths per day. Every day is a new record for the number of people hospitalized with COVID-19. In California, where the positivity rate stands at almost 13%, residents are now being asked not to travel more than 120 miles away from home. In Los Angeles County, one person dying approximately every eight minutes. The mayor pleading for help. Just as we sent doctors from California to places like New York when there was that surge, I'm asking for folks across America, if you can spare a doctor or a nurse, if you can spare anything, please send it here. Meanwhile, the UK variant continuing to spread across the country with cases now being reported in at least eight states. This variant has the potential to throw jet fuel on an already dangerous situation. Experts feeling confident the vaccines will be effective on the strain. The vaccine should still remain effective because it's designed against the entire protein, not just a small part of it. The same precautionary measures that protect you from every other variant of, of SARS-CoV-2 will protect you against the strain as well. According to research done by Pfizer, but not yet peer-reviewed, initial studies found their vaccine showed no reduction in neutralization activity for both the UK and South African strain. Moderna's CEO also offering promising predictions on their vaccine's effectiveness. We believe there will be protection potentially a couple years. This estate struggled to speed up the vaccination process. Vaccines on the shelf or in a FedEx box are of no use. They need to get in people's arms. And, you know, that's our number one focus because that will end the pandemic. Tennessee now joining the list of states setting up drive through vaccination sites in hopes of reducing long waits. And Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar announced a new accelerated rollout program that included 19 pharmacy chains in more than 40,000 locations across the country. Also, CNN is reporting the incoming Biden administration plans to release all vaccines available in order to get more people vaccinated. This is, of course, risky, given those doses were being saved to administer second doses to those already vaccinated. 
In California, hospitals that have the space will have to accept patients from other medical centers collapsed by the coronavirus. In Los Angeles County, there are over 8,000 hospitalized patients. And as Johnny Aponte explains, the terrifying average of one coronavirus death every eight minutes is exceeding the capacity of funeral homes. As if the funeral industry was not already overwhelmed, the latest surge of coronavirus cases is creating an unprecedented crisis, especially for funeral homes serving Latino communities. It's countless, the calls we cannot answer because we are full. There were 125 calls that we could not answer. In her 40 years in this industry, Magda Maldonada had never rejected a family, but due to the flood of deaths from COVID-19, she simply does not have any more room. We have transformed the funeral home completely. All the funeral homes are transformed into battlefields full of bodies. The documentation process is also delayed. Coronavirus deaths in Los Angeles County have surpassed 11,000. Last week, the average number of daily deaths was 183, the equivalent to one every eight minutes. Magda says that the situation is overwhelming and it has been difficult to handle so many emotions. An extreme level of anxiety which I've been managing with medication because I couldn't stand it. But they know the need is huge and they are ready to keep providing services to grieving families despite the risks. Sometimes we are in the office with them and the counselors take the risk knowing they are infected. When we talk to the hospital, they warn that it is a COVID case. Normally, we receive about 10 to 12 coffins. Now we are asking for 100 and 500 more are coming. In this battle against the coronavirus, the only thing they can do is prepare themselves because the worst is reportedly still to come this month. Reported by Dulce Castellanos, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.